Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. And a very warm welcome to a brand new episode of the Arabic in 60 Steps podcast. Hope you guys once again are having an absolutely amazing day. And I've got another treat for you. We have our dear brother Simon, aka on uh, on Instagram and other platforms, Simon Says Squat. So uh, Simon, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa Nice to see you, bro. Likewise, likewise, okay. it's an absolute pleasure. Um, so I actually didn't know, and I wanted to ask you actually. So in, in Sweden, do they have that kids game, Simon Says, whatever? Do you play that or is that is that just something in the English? Yeah, we do. Of... Oh, cool. No, no, we do. We do. We did. We got the Swedish version, actually. And um, but the, the, fun, the fun thing is, and I, have, I don't know if I've said this ever. So it's going to be like first time why I have this name. Um, because it was actually, I asked my wife when I were were creating that account I was like what should I be called like I don't want to be like you know my my name and last name you know um and then she said oh do something funny like you know you got that game Simon says do something like that I was like okay yeah I mean I'm a personal trainer I you know Simon says squat like I like to do squats so let's put it's, that together it's really smart it's a really smart name it's really cool yeah, yeah so, I so mean it's not the serious most serious name but I mean we're on social media how serious can it be no, of course <laughs> exactly exactly I mean how how serious does Sam of Somalia sound do you know what I mean like yeah. I, 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 I I knew when like I because that, that name was actually suggested for my Somali language stuff by some people because originally that channel wasn't an, a Somali language learning channel initially oh, I, I um yeah the, the whole kind of setting up a YouTube channel and everything the the whole idea in the beginning was to try to build a career for myself as an Arabic teacher that was that was all it was really for but um it was soon after I got married my wife and um and I, I studied Somali at university as well and um yeah and I just kind of started I just started, sort of um started sharing stuff that I was learning uh, along the way and um mm. yeah and like the funny little name Sam of Somalia but it has had some pushback there's some people <laughs> who aren't, aren't very happy with it because it has, really? it has it ha- yeah it has like um undertones of like kind of an imperialist Lawrence of Arabia type deal yeah, and, yeah, um, I, <laughs> and I, recently I was on recently I did, I did a podcast with a brother I won't mention it but he could he referred to me a few times as Sam Sam of Arabia like he mixed up my Arabic stuff and my Somali stuff yeah <laughs> that, that podcast that hasn't gone out that podcast hasn't gone out and I, I didn't I was looking <laughs> I was looking <laughs> I was looking for the time to correct him on it but I yeah I didn't in the end I just sort of it's not the end of the world, is it? <laughs> but, but it's yeah, easy. And I mean, like, subhanAllah, like for people who don't know, like, obviously, I don't know if we're going to do some kind of intro or something like that. Um, but like, I, I just to re- related to this subject, I, as a European, like you and me, you're from the UK, right? Uh, I'm from Sweden. And then reverting to Islam. Um, while in Islam, it's so rich in culture, right? You got all these nationalities in Islam to set under the same umbrella, the same religion. And the, the, the people is so hospital, like a lot of hospitality, right? And so you, you like I did a lot of those things. I just, you know, uh, I, w- I was thirsty in culture of, mm-hmm. of others' cultures because as, as a Swede, we don't, I mean, many people might be mad for me, mad at me for saying this, but Sweden don't really have a culture. Like, we have a mix of different cultures, but we don't have our own. Like, we talk about Vikings, but like, bro, that was like <laughs> a thousand years ago. <laughs> sure. I don't think we got a lot of those things left. So, even when I use uh, Maui's sometimes, right? And some people might say, oh, it's cultural, appro- what's called appro- uh, uh, appropriation. Appropriation, right. Uh, and I'm like, bro, I mean, I like them. Why? Why should it be like this? You know, I understand I'm a white male, but sometimes it's nice if we can see past that, mm. right? Sometimes, yeah, yeah. but it I doesn't... totally understand. I totally mm. understand the issue, mm. but sometimes it's hard navigating yeah, yeah. that. No, I, I empathize with it. I do empathize with it for sure. But like some of it, yeah, as you definitely. say, like when, like when I first started to kind of develop a love for languages and and mainly other languages, but by extension cultures and stuff as well, I really didn't realize that I was like a, a white man do, do you know what I mean I didn't really yeah, think of it like yeah. that it was just like there are things from other cultures I can benefit I, I'm wearing a Maui's right now by the way because <laughs> because I, <laughs> I, I I live in Somalia and like I, I used to do this show on that channel called this, called uh, Maui's Mondays where I do like bits of Somali grammar every Monday but like I can't really do that now because because every day is Maui's day for me now so it's not really just Monday <laughs> but yeah exactly. subhanallah, subhanallah. So, so, so speaking of hospitality right how are you finding your life in Dubai these days are you in Dubai right now or are you are you back in Sweden at the moment yeah, no, no, I'm in Dubai, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Um, you know, one thing you said there about 
languages and culture. That's what I think it's the thing. When we learn a language, like what we're going to talk about now, Arabic, right? Um, it's like you connect with, especially Arabic, you connect, you connect with so many cultures, right? So this is the second Arabic-speaking uh, country I've, lived, uh, I've been living in. I lived before in Egypt. We might touch on that. Um, and like comparing those two is impossible, right? It's two different cultures, even if we're talking about Arabs in general, but it's so different, especially Dubai. I think Dubai, among the countries in Khalij, in the Gulf uh, area, is very, very different because you have a very small area, right? Dubai is a, is a, is a city, by the way. Some people might think it's a country, right? I'm gonna go sure. to Dubai. Uh, it's, it's a city in the United Arab Emirates, right? And in this city, we have over 200 different nationalities living in the same spot. And we got, boy, I think we have everything, all different religions here. Mm. And it's so interesting to see everything coming together and how all these culture, you know, in I don't know if you had that in UK, but in Sweden, we talk a lot about culture, uh, um, how is it like... Um, Crash or culture, like uh, when, when when two culture clash together. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like misunderstanding. We talk a lot about that in Sweden. Like it's a negative thing. Okay. But here, it's like it doesn't even exist. Mm. There's no, there's no one like okay, you better than me because you know you you're this and that. No, bro, we all different. We come from different countries, and it's a really nice thing to see. You know, um, really? something that um that I've noticed generally in Muslim majority countries, and even even through learning Arabic as well. Like, I remember um when I was um at university in Palestine, I remember trying to explain this thing about British culture, something that lots of British people are proud of, is the idea of being tolerant, right? And um, like mm. we're, like like British people quite often proudly say we're we're a very tolerant country and stuff. And as I was talking about the the idea of um like tolerance in Arabic is tasamuh for the listeners, tasamuh. But the Arabs don't see that as a very positive thing. It means, okay, you'll tolerate them, but like you don't really want them, but you're tolerant, tolerate them. Yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah, but like, in, like in, in, in Muslim majority countries, in my experience, there's been, they've favored something called ta'ayush, like coexisting mm. or like co-living rather than tolerance. Mm -hmm. Like even using the word tolerance has an, has an assumption that you're better than them, but you'll tolerate them. If you know what I mean, and it's, it seems it seems yeah, like yeah, it, it, yeah. Seems, it seems like in Dubai there's more of like there's more of taayush. There's like just different yeah. cultures and stuff, all kind of co-living in that city. It's like you know when you have that fly in the room, it just goes by. You like you don't really like it, but you can tolerate it. Like okay, you can be here, dude. I'm not gonna kill you. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How about the weather you know, in Dubai? How about the weather? Bro, the weather is amazing. amazing oh, good. Uh, it's uh, now I haven't been here in the summer. Like the last summer, so I've been living here for one and a half year, right? So I only experienced one summer, I, and I didn't really experience it. I fled, I fled the country. I, <laughs> I went to Sweden because I was not. Obviously, I had some things to do in Sweden, but um, I was not really prepared for the heat. I know it can be very hot, but I did experience it even like in June, the month of June. Like it was like forty-five degrees Celsius, and it was like. It was really hot. Mm. Um, but, you know, here, like, everything is air-conditioned. Like, sure. from the cars to the malls to the everything, right? So right. you can... It's it's all right. Um, is it however, now, during the... Sorry, oh, sorry, sorry I was going to say, is it expensive, though, to have air-conditioning at home and in your car? Oh, you mean, like... like I mean... I don't know, but, like... It's, it's just hard to compare it's just, because... It's just like... It's like... Yeah. yeah, I mean, because in Sweden, it's like... It's opposite. Everything's heated, right? You have the heating system. You have the heaters inside of the apartments. Everything, right? And now that now that's starting to be an issue for those who are using electricity, like uh, because in Sweden, I don't know. I'm uh, somehow I've disconnected a lot from things happening in Europe. I know there's a lot of things happening because I have family friends there. You know, the war. May Allah help them. Like it, as Muslim, we don't like to see people suffer. Of course. It's, no matter who, who it is. However, like, uh, I think it's the same. I mean, the expenses in Dubai can be a lot because you as a resident, you need to pay for everything. Coming from a country where, like, uh, you know, uh, school, education, everything is paid for through the tax system. Um, now you come here, alhamdulillah, you don't pay tax. 
you only pay uh, VAT, which is 5%. That's it, which is fine. Okay. But then you have to pay like medical bills and you pay everything because you're not, you're resident here. You're not a, a citizen. Um, but I mean, I like it here. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's, if people haven't been here, I think you should go here and then see for yourself because mm -hmm. it's really amazing. It's beautiful dunya-wise and also to many people's surprise, it's a nice experience when we talk about the akhirah, al-Islam. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a lot of subhanAllah. Like I've never seen so many Arabic centers. I've never seen so many Quran centers. Like they are so keen in doing dawah. Like mm -hmm. they have this project, they want to have Islam. They have like uh, resources of Islam, right? Dawah, like who was Prophet Muhammad وسلم, who was this and that. They want to have that in every single language possible. Mm -hmm. And I I even started doing it in Swedish sign language. We're doing some videos in Swedish sign language. Wow. So cool. we got that on YouTube. So it's That's really awesome. amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, really amazing. Yeah. Well. I'll, I'll, I'll say as well, one of the reasons why I feel a little bit starstruck speaking to you is because my, my wife and her friends, my, my wife's hard of hearing, by the way. And I've talked about yeah. this. This isn't news to my audience. Like at home, we we have to use sign language a lot. And my children use sign language with their mom. And sign language is sort of part of our family communication, really. And um, so we're, we've kind of been aware of your videos on that front um, for, for a long time as for well sure. in, in sign language. I actually wasn't aware that there was a Swedish sign language. I wasn't aware of that. So if we can kind of to introduce you a little bit more to the audience. So obviously, like like I've seen content of yours in, in Somali, in learning Somali. Obviously, you're in Dubai at the moment, involved in learning Arabic as like a big part of what you do, right? Um, obviously, you're from you're from Sweden, so I guess Swedish wouldn't have passed you by growing up. You probably speak no. Swedish, English as well. And then, so 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 with sign language, is it? So so, do you know Swedish Swedish sign language? Yes, exactly. So, yeah. Because my my wife doesn't know Swedish sign language, I don't think, but she loves all of your videos and stuff. So I, I don't know if I don't know if there's any crossover or anything. No, because or... yeah, yeah, no. Okay, so right. Um, when it comes to the content I produce. Many of the content I've done it has been in Arabic sign language and in uh, American sign language. Um, however, I'm not fluent in those. So sure, I've, sure. I've, I've been having, like, when I wanted to, like, what, many videos I've done was the, some uh, some chapters from the Quran I translated to the Arabic sign language. Um, and when it comes to other things, because I know Swedish sign language is such a small language, even among deaf people. Um, it might be some words that are similar, but like people wouldn't understand me. So okay. I rather use I rather use American sign language. And um, but the thing is, I've um, when I grew up, actually the Swedish sign language was my first language because I myself have a hearing I have a hearing impairment. And what happened was that my speaking development, my speech. Uh, developed much much later because of the hearing impairment and they didn't obviously they in that time and age they did not have the uh, i recently mashallah had their daughter when i have year ago so they have these machines and all these things right so they can actually see and test her if she was hearing impaired and like back back in my days they had like a <laughs> they had a bell like so they they slammed the bell beside the kid and if the kid would <laughs> return they were like okay the kid can hear Really all good. So, <laughs> Subhanallah. It's Subhanallah. Like, bro, it feels it's so like I'm I'm ne I'm nearly thirty, so I'm not that old, but it's seems like sometimes I feel like I'm from the Stone Age, man. Like mm -hmm. I come from a time before internet. You know, we had bells to see if people could hear. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Subhanallah. But, uh, Subhanallah. So actually, because my father was deaf and my mother okay. was hearing impaired. Okay. So I grew up in. Uh, environment where they use sign language obviously mm, so yeah. that's that's my first language and then mm -hmm. i start speaking at two three at the year of two or three something like that um so yeah that's how yeah, it started yeah. that's um it's interesting to, to to hear about that for sure like my, with my, my children they're they're bilingual british sign language mm. and english like even though people don't think of sign language as being like a different language and we certainly shouldn't call it like a foreign yeah. language but it's but they're like no. they're like they're like bilingual um, because they use British sign language with their mum. But like my, an interesting experience with, with me, with me learning sign language, is I kind of I kind of learned it as like a Muslim language. Because like all the deaf people I know are Muslims, right? So like, um, yeah, it's, it's really strange. So I've learned British sign language, but like, <laughs> but like I don't, I don't, I, like, do. I, I don't even know like the normal way of saying hello. I just know saying assalamu alaikum and alhamdulillah and stuff like this. Like <laughs> as, as if it's a Muslim language, because like my wife, oh, and all, all so of, cool. yeah, subhanAllah, it's, it's strange. Like I've, I, I know there've been times when like, 
my, like there are loads of like meetups like deaf muslims and stuff in london i've i've been to a bunch yeah. of them and stuff before and there was oh, like yeah a, yeah there, there was like yeah, a sorry, sign, continue, sorry. So, sorry i was just gonna say there's there've been like sign language teachers there and stuff who aren't muslims and i've been like assalamu alaikum <laughs> you know <laughs> alhamdulillah like mashallah to them and stuff yeah well what are yeah. you doing bro <laughs> yeah exactly yeah are you like yeah, well, summoning I something <laughs> yeah yeah because I, I didn't even know i didn't even know like hello do they just sort of yeah. do that? i don't know i don't know to be honest in, in british sign language mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously it's like, hello, yeah, yeah, good, good, yeah, like, um, I mean, to be honest with you, even when I meet a Swedish person, I recently, we have this project here in Dubai, uh, the mosque tour project, so we have different mosques, and I'm in one of the mosques in uh, Dubai Marina, which is a very popular area for tourists, so you can book or schedule a tour in one of the mosques there. So recently I had six people from Sweden. So I had everything in Swedish. Even that was very awkward for me because it's like, it was, you know, I was like, oh, salam, uh, hey, uh, what what should I say to them? Right? <laughs> and then always when I spoke to them, I was like, yeah, alhamdulillah, yeah, yeah, mashallah, yeah. Obviously they, they understood I was Muslim, but it's always like this thing with meeting people that are non-Muslim and you've been in a Muslim environment for so long that all of these you know this uh this lingo what do you call it like it's so natural yeah, yeah. um sure so it's just become this weird sure. thing so um that's really cool i really wanted to get some of that out there because I, I wanted to talk to you about that stuff but i i guess now yeah. i guess i guess i'd like to bring it bring it back to when you started learning arabic so so when you when you started learning arabic did you start learning arabic before your islam or was it kind of tied into it yeah no um when I became a Muslim, I wanted to start learning the language. And how? When was I that? I became a Muslim twenty seventeen in February. Okay. okay. Um, and I mean, pretty quickly because I won. Like I think it was a couple of weeks after I took my shahada. Right, I met this brother. He just came from Egypt, and it was like, it was. I remember we. I was in the car with my with my other friend, the friend that actually. Uh, um, helped me with doing the shahada and everything right so he picked him up from the train station and it was like a light came, that came into the vehicle it was like he was so happy so so you know uh, excited and you know talked with us about Egypt his experience there learning the language and taught us some phrases I was so just captivated by it I was like that's that's because obviously I understood okay Al-Fatiha, the first chapter in the Quran, is in Arabic. I learned this. I do my prayer. I say, Allah Akbar here. But I never realized that, wow, right, the language, the Arabic language is like, it's like a key. You have a key to the religion. And I was, I was so captivated by that thought. So I, I was instantly after that meeting with, with, with him, I talked with him about like, okay, how is Egypt? And he talked with me about it. And I, that right from there on, I decided to learn arabic like i was like okay i'm gonna learn this language no matter what yeah lots of people lots of lots of people experience something quite quickly like i mean even myself like lots of people experience Mm. like even just hearing a little bit of arabic and realizing what kind of um a world in terms of learning Islam, it opens up for you. But not, not even just that. I mean, also in terms of places you can visit and stuff with knowing Arabic. So how, so what's the process then? Like at that, at that stage in your life, I guess, like you're sort of in your early twenties at that point then. Like, yeah. um, yeah. So like, um, yeah. So how, how long, what's the process like from then, from meeting this brother who gets in the car and uh, from then sure. until actually booking a flight to go to Egypt. So how, how long is that process? Yeah. So it was almost ex- exactly one year. After wow. that, I went to Egypt. Um, the thing is, you know, obviously coming from a multilingual environment, the thing is, I never knew how to study a language. I never, you know, the, the, all those languages like sign language, English, uh, Swedish, has always been there. And now the next struggle or challenge would be, okay, now I need to learn a language, like from scratch, as an adult. How do I do that? I have no idea. So I was like, okay, but people ask me like the, uh, about sign language and you know the first thing I started was some few words like important words and some alphabet right so I thought maybe I start there I actually because I love I love when when there's something to study I love to immerse myself in it I like to do find people um you know teaching it or some some resources about it so the first thing I did was 
uh, with this friend, the the friend, the the light that came into the car, right? Sure. The, uh, he actually taught me the Arabic alphabet, and that's where I learned the the alphabet from. May Allah bless him. He was so patient. He, you know, he recorded the alphabet, and he was so patient with me, even after like, because we lived together, we were neighbors, right? Okay. So after one two weeks, I had the alphabet like memorized. So I knew the alphabet. I even knew how to write it. Um, and then he taught me like a few things, like how do we combine the 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 letters and all these things, right? Um, but then I downloaded. I remember it was a really beneficial book. It was like the three hundred most frequent words. And okay. there, then there was yeah, and then there was some some like how to study language. So that's when I got in contact with the app Anki. I think you, yeah, you no, must Anki. know that one. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Every language learner know that one, and it was such. Uh, an eye opener for me because that that when i understood okay this is how you learn the language this is how you get started you learn the basics you 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 immerse yourself you try to speak and the i think the benefit is by sp coming from a multilingual background like those languages i knew didn't help me at all like in arabic okay. but what helped me was i i wasn't afraid of doing mistakes and that, that's that is the thing number one mm -hmm. thing i think is stopping people from they're afraid of doing mistakes but you won't develop you know you you won't see progress without doing those mistakes and correcting them right along yeah. the way yeah i completely agree i completely agree mm -hmm. in fact um the, the last two podcasts that i've recorded with them the, my, my two most recent guests a big focus of those episodes was on how in the community of learning the arabic language we've become a little bit too too focused on perfection rather than on fluency we've become a bit too yeah. focused on saying you know no you like if, if something is monsoor you must put a fatha on it if something is like this it must end in a kasra like if it you yeah. know if it ends in this certain way getting case endings right and stuff and i i think sometimes that has a place it's important in some yeah, definitely, definitely right it's, it's it's not it's not um you know it's not irrelevant but um you should understand sort of where you are and what and and um you shouldn't that shouldn't come at the detriment of your of playing with the language and having fun and actually expressing yourself and things like that for sure yes. you know you, you you need to be willing to to make mistakes like even so something of another point i've made a few times in these episodes is like if somebody was listening to us having this conversation in english like we're both english speakers right like they would pick up so many mistakes in our spoken english in both of us because yeah. we're just we're, we're just talking naturally you know so like they yeah they, and, it's not even my first language so i probably see a bunch <laughs> of errors but i but I, I would even extend it right so you having a conversation in swedish right like someone who's yeah, learning yeah. swedish would probably listen to it and be like well that's not how we learned it in the book or whatever so so like bro, we, yeah go ahead he, he would listen to me and like bro that simon guy he's not speaking swedish he's speaking danish because my dialect from swedish language is very it's from the south so it's like, oh, okay. you know, if you learn in American uh, English and you li li uh, listen for someone from Texas, right? Okay. It's like that. <laughs> or some right, uh, right. very Southern dialect. Yeah. Right. So, okay. Sure, sure. So, um, I, I so, feel so, sorry for those. <laughs> so, so it's about a year after your Shahada that you find yeah. yourself in Egypt. Where in Egypt did you go? I went to Cairo. Okay. Um, okay. So for how long? How yeah. long did you stay there for? I stayed there for eight months. And, okay. Uh, I went there. The, the thing is, it was two, two, uh, like two goals with that trip or that journey, um, or it, three actually. Um, the first one was visiting a Muslim country as a Muslim. I wanted to hear Adan. The thing is, I went. I, I've been to Turkey. I've been to um, uh, Kosovo, Albania, right? Uh, but I was a Muslim then, so okay. I wanted to go to a Muslim country, hear that, then be with Muslim people praying in the in the in the mosque. And the second thing was learning Arabic. And the third thing was actually move, making hijrah. So I wanted to move from, from a, a non-Muslim country to a Muslim country and settle down. And um, so that, that, those were my objectives. So I, I, did, I just had like a single ticket there, going there. And uh, the thing is with, subhanAllah, there's a lot of things to mention. Because um, you said one thing, which... I think I've had hard time to find balance up until now uh, with what you said about studying the language in more the academic, in the academic way, right? And studying the language in more of a, you know, as a, like connecting with the people, with the culture. Because the issue with 
Arabic is we have the modern standard Arabic, we have the Fusha, and then we have the dialects. And this is often, this is what's confused me in the beginning, but I didn't put so much weight into that because I thought, okay, I just want to learn to read the Quran and that is Fusha, so I don't care. But then I realized like to learn a language, you need to use it. So it's very hard to use something if you don't speak it. And then when I spoke it, I noticed, well, I'm speaking with these Arabs here in Sweden. I don't know. I don't understand nothing what I'm saying. It's like they speak another language. So when I went to Egypt, I went to this center, the Arabic center in in the Egypt uh, called, uh, it's still there active, uh, Alibana, Marcus okay. Alibana. And they are very, very keen about or focus. Their, their curriculum is based like almost 100% on the grammar. Okay. Learning grammar and doing all these different rules. I have no idea how to say it in English, but you know, Arab, Sarf, yeah, Balaga, yeah. all of these things, right? Yep. Uh, they don't focus a lot on conversation. So this was like both a good thing and a bad thing for me. Because I learned the language, I was very, you know, after six months, I could do, like, I could read a text and do Arab and all these things. But when soon as I would speak with someone at the supermarket or something, I, I couldn't. I, 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 it was so hard for me, like, putting everything together. Because when you do something, read a text, you have time to think. When you're going to speak with someone, you cannot stand there for five minutes. <laughs> until, sure. uh, they're waiting for a reply, right? Mm. So that was the issue first. Um, that's um, yeah. I went there and did my thing. You know, that's something unique about Arabic. I think it doesn't really it doesn't match the learning experience that we have with other languages. Like you say that you hadn't really experienced learning a language, but like obviously you, you learn English at some point, right? Or did or, or just all Scandinavian people just speak perfect English? Like what? Why? What's up with you? What's <laughs> What's up with you guys? Like like when, yeah, do, you, I don't know, when but... do you learn English? The thing is, I, I grew up with it. I was playing video games. Everything was in English. You know, uh, the YouTube tutorials, English, uh, the music, English. Uh, the, the, we don't dub our movies. They do that, for example, in Germany. They change the, lang the speaking language to German. Um, we don't do that. We have the same. We just have subtitles. And um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know, man. It's like maybe is that something I thought I, I thought about starting this podcast with just asking you, why do all Scandinavian people speak better English than us? And <laughs> I thought and I, I but it makes me think like a similar thing happens in other communities whereby like you have lots of people from like Bangladesh and Pakistan and stuff who speak perfect Hindi because they've watched Bollywood movies and stuff since they were kids. <laughs> so like th this yeah. thing, this thing I, I've thought, like, how can we kind of do that for Arabic? You know, how we could just mm. keep a lot, lots of input for Arabic for our children yeah. from, from a young age. And the, maybe there's something to be said for it. Like, I think with English, in lots of senses, it's it's kind of forced on you. It's made easier because the English-speaking world yeah. just produce so much. You know, like, you'll never be short of content for, for English. And English sort no. of puts itself around you a, a lot, generally. Whereas with Arabic, exactly. it's harder. Yeah, yeah. Cool, so... Yeah, and... Yeah, I don't know. It was something I was uh, regarding that. I think I forgot. Uh, no problem. No problem. Cool. Okay, so you're in Egypt for like eight months. Okay, in eight months, quite quite a lot yeah. can quite a lot can be achieved in eight months. I mean, um, so, it's, so yeah, so like especially if when you're living in a country and stuff like that, it's um it's kind of admirable in a way to uh, to have been that early in your Islam in some ways, like within like a year, mm. and to to com commit to ideas like like hijra and like like dedicating yourself to to learning the quran and stuff which is which is really cool yeah. that's really cool so okay the so, thing is uh, so, my environment was very religious i think that's that um, i i would say like i wouldn't recommend this for everyone that, that sure. that's the thing i am saying this as a disclaimer because going to another country doing hijra i had no idea what i was doing right i didn't even research about egypt the the you know what, how it is to live there how should i you know all these things it was like bismillah let's go <laughs> you know book a ticket um i wouldn't recommend that especially if you have a family sure. uh, back then i didn't have alhamdulillah so i was just like you know what, what happened happens mm -hmm. like it's just me right but yeah. thing is uh, i wouldn't recommend it but going to a arab speaking country for at least half a year i would say if you want to become like immerse yourself in a language that's the best way of doing it. Like if you can set aside, even if it's just for a week, right? Uh, vacation, go for a vacation to even eat. Because the thing is with Egypt, they speak so, they have hard time with English because I don't know why, but 
many people they don't like uh, they, they like speaking English but they don't learn it in school in that way right like we Swedish people do so you just speak uh, like Arabic with some English word that's like how they speak English right so you like, like sandwich and all these things is is that um is that perhaps one of the biggest differences you found between learning Arabic in Dubai versus learning Arabic in Cairo that um obviously in Dubai it's a city that people can function speaking English in yes um is that um is that maybe the biggest difference between studying in the two or are there other big differences you've, you've found no definitely the thing is the the unfortunate thing is here in dubai even arabs have a hard time living here that don't speak english because they they cannot get by uh in the day-to-day life a lot of things is in english by default obviously because of the tourism right um in egypt it was like the opposite like mm. many signs they don't have you know like it's just arabic right and especially when you go to like i went to like villages like out like two hours from from the civilization it was like bro if they left me here i don't know how i would <laughs> survive you know it was at, at that level but the, mm. that's a good thing because you need to immerse yourself in the language somehow um even if you can go to a country like listen to resources reading things having someone like even in egypt the thing is I, we lacked so much in the Arabic center. We lacked this conversation thing because it was like sitting in classroom, listening, getting words. You need to memorize these things, but no speaking. So I had a friend actually, and may Allah bless him. I, I know how we connected. He just found me on Facebook. He's like, oh, you, I saw you, you're a new Muslim. I want to welcome you to the religion. And then we just started speaking. And he was like an Arab speaker. So we ended up speaking every day. I'll call him 20 minutes. And we just spoke Arabic. So he helped me to correct my Arabic and all these things. So even like 20 minutes speaking with someone in Arabic every day, like that, bro, you will be mm. an Arab. Yeah, that, no that's that, that, that's an advice that I would give to people to kind of, to, to complement their study of, you know, I've, I've got nothing against studying a grammar. Like the, the Arabic in 60 Steps program really is like a, it's like a grammar in context program. It's like, this is how you do this mm. thing. And these are ways that you'll use it actually in in right. your life in your life so so i'm not i'm not against grammar but i think it's really really good practice for students to think about how that's actually applicable in their lives and lots of students would really love to be fluent in arabic but they they don't really know what that means for their life like have people that they speak mm. to and things like that and it's it's um exactly. it's, it's worth thinking about what kind of arabic speaker do you want to be and then building your life like that like i i, I even though sure. i'm even though i'm a teacher and stuff i have an arabic teacher myself right who I speak to every Saturday. We have like an hour and we just have a conversation in Fusha. He doesn't plan a lesson for me or anything. And we're, we're he's more my friend now, really. But having awesome. having that that's kind of built into my life where we we regularly, regularly... Yeah, he is, yeah. He's from he's from Syria originally. But um, but uh, he lives in Sudan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mashallah. Yeah. So so him and I have quite a lot in common. Like we've both moved to an East African country and um, yeah, so I, I enjoy his company and stuff as well. But and even here in Somalia, there's lots of Syrians here too. Lots of Syrians, lots of Yemenis as well. True, true. Yeah, I've heard that, especially in the northern part, right? right. A lot of Syrians there. Yeah, but 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 even even here in Mogadishu, there's lots of like Syrian yeah. refugees who have um yeah yeah exactly, who, 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 exactly. Have come, who have come here and live here and stuff. People people here think I'm one of them. Like people here when they mm. see me, even though the Syrians know I'm not Syrian, they take one look at me, they know that I'm not right. But but like but yeah. pe- pe- people here in Mogadishu when they see me, like if they see someone who's like light skinned and a Muslim and like has dark hair, they'll just assume you're Syrian. You know, yeah. so I, I I let them think it. I don't correct them. You know? <laughs> the thing is, even I like when when I speak Arabic with people. The thing is, look, I you said one very interesting thing what arab like what what kind of arabic speaker do you want to be and i think every student of arabic need to be two different types of arabic speaker imagine yourself first off imagine yourself if you were in, at the time of the prophet sallallahu wouldn't you want to speak like them like imagine the arabic they spoke about the like if you read the history of like the the the, the level of language like the richness of that language, like and understanding why Allah sent down the Quran in that language, because there would no no other language could, could compete with the Arabic language. Especially and you realize that when you read about the the grammar, when you read about all the you know sarf and balava and all these things, you realize subhanAllah, this language is like out of this world. So imagine yourself, okay, I'm gonna be an Arab speaker. So if I would have a time machine, I could go back there and speak with them. And then you should be an Arab speaker like 
a modern Arab speaker. You should be able to, to like listen to the news uh, or read a newspaper, to talk with people here, especially in the streets, right? So that's what I imagine. I imagine myself like two different Arab speaker, like two personalities, right? Mm -hmm. um, and this comes this comes often when I'm speaking with an Arab teacher. I try to speak as correctly and politely as possible. And when I speak with an Arab outside, I'm more like you know, you know this this dialect sort of thing, right? And I use a lot of Syrian dialect because we have a lot of Syrian people in Sweden, inshallah. And um, I think that could be the the following part of what happened after the Egypt mm -hmm. trip, right? Yeah, I was going to ask, there's, there's a bit of a gap in between eight months exactly. in Egypt and then going to Dubai. So what, yeah, what happens yeah, in that gap? Exactly, because the thing was, I wanted to stay there. I wanted to live there, right? We're making hijrah. Problem was, I had to go back because there was a lot of things happening with my family back home. So I had to come home and help them. And um, so I did. And I came back. And what I did was, okay, because I knew many people did this. They they went to Egypt to study Arab, Arabic and then they had to go back. And somehow they lost the language because, you know, they forgot it. They, they didn't use it. And I, I was so scared. I, I Some nights I couldn't sleep because I was so scared of losing the language. So I thought, okay, what should I do? But what should I do? Um, I thought, okay, I need to get a lot of Arabic-speaking friends. So when I came there, because this was like 2018, right? 2019 I came back so a lot of Syrians people were there so I met people in the mosque I was speaking with every anyone I knew and just speaking Arabic so I met a lot of friends from Syria and we spoke it we went to you know they love grilling the Syrian people one of the best cooks I've ever met in my entire life the Syrian people bro they can make food <laughs> bro if you haven't had had a Syrian making food for you you, you gotta test that the grilled shawarma mashallah uh, so this is what I did I immersed myself in the language but the thing is I didn't do anything about the grammar and that was a good thing and a bad thing the good thing was now I didn't I was I didn't care like I, I I was using this principle of doing as many mistakes as possible and correct them along the way so that's why some often when I speak with an Arab in the street I tend to speak a lot of uh, you know Syrian dialect um, and, and they might be surprised because I said I've studied in Egypt and it's very they're not they're very like uh, some similarities but not a lot of similar like sure. the Egyptian language is a little bit different than the Syrian or the dialect is a little bit different than the Syrian right um, the Syrian is more khafif it's more light on, on and, and Egyptian is more like you know um, it's hard to explain but it's it's is a lot of energy in the Egyptian. Yeah, language. there is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I would, I would encourage people to um to just go and test that. Just go on YouTube and just search like Egyptian, Egyptian like sitcom or something, and a Syrian one, just for them to get a taste of it themselves. Because there's a particular yeah, yeah. there's a particular energy to the two of them. So I'd I'd, I'd encourage people definitely, to go and do definitely. that. Yeah, sure. So this is what happened. So, um, that's what I did to keep my Arabs uh, alive and I still use Anki I did every day I used to you know um, new words I, I, I heard I added in my app and just re re rehearsed every day you know um, so that's how I did basically Alhamdulillah, mm. Alhamdulillah. And, so, so yeah. how, did, how did this opportunity in Dubai come about? yeah it was actually you know other Allah really you know uh, the biggest God of Allah I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, after the shahada, obviously. Because the thing is, we, uh, I, I, um, 2019, I came back. And then I came in contact with my wife. And alhamdulillah, uh, after a year, we got married. I moved to from my uh, village in the south, you know, uh, to the capital, Stockholm, where she's from. And uh, she's also Somali, by the way. And I know, I know. Yeah, this yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. So, um the thing is, when I met her, that's when I started learning Somali and wanted to immerse myself. And as you said, it's very different learning Somali to Arabic. Because I thought like, okay, I know I know how to study a language. I've learned the Arabic language. No problem. It's going to be easy. Somali is like Arabic. No problem. And then I get to the Somali language. I'm like, man, I was so wrong. Subhanallah, what happened, bro? So I had like the gap I had there. Uh, I didn't learn Arabic. I didn't go like in, in a traditional way. So I just went with Somali. I went to the uh, university in Gothenburg learning Somali. Um, wasn't the best one, to be honest. Um, 
would be better off just to go to, you know, uh, like uh, an abti in the masjid, yeah, sure. and sitting with him. Mm-hmm. That's much better. Because yeah. smaller people, they are very, like a lot of hospitality and they welcome you. When you mm-hmm. go there and you speak with them, they are very kind. Along mm-hmm. about it. One of the kindest people on earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and alhamdulillah, so welcoming. Like, Mashallah. because, like, um, alhamdulillah, may Allah bless them. They've been, been through a lot, subhanAllah, mm-hmm. been through a lot. Yeah, subhanAllah, 100%. And so what happened was, me and my wife, we wanted to go on a vacation, you know, the 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 i don't know what if i can say that but the flu thing you know uh that happened uh, that mm-hmm. shut the world down you know mm-hmm. yep um so we couldn't go on vacation when we got married we wanted to go to a honeymoon somewhere right so when that when uh, that happened we looked okay uh, where can we go so we saw that dubai was one of the places that welcomed people but a lot of restrictions right you need to be have vaccination you need to have this and that right so we went here we loved it we were here for two weeks and uh, we absolutely loved it. And when we were here, like, bro, like, I, because the thing is, you know, unfortunately, before I became a Muslim, I had a bad, that Muslims was, had a bad image in my, in my perspective, okay. even Arabs, especially Arabs, because unfortunately, when I was in Sweden, those friends I had that were Muslims and Arabs were often criminal. SubhanAllah, may Allah guide them. And I always had this, you know, that Muslims were, undeveloped uncivilized you know especially from media a lot of from media obviously and which is very weird why how i became a muslim that is like another story you know for another sure. day but the thing when we came to dubai that was like subhanallah it was like it was like i wasn't in europe but in like if you would have europe on steroids right and then just add, put a bunch of Muslims there and then another nationalities. I was so impressed by the cleanliness, the everything that happened, the service, the people. So we made, let me, I told my wife, okay, let's make dua. We are travelers. So when you make dua, your dua will be accepted. So we made a bunch of dua. Oh Allah, make us live here, please. And then when we came back, I got a call from my work. I was fired, <laughs> you know, in Sweden. I was fired. I had my daughter on the way. I was like, man, what should I do, bro? This is not happening. Um, and then out of nowhere, bro, I had a call from a friend of mine. Um, he's very famous in the his Swedish revert as well. Okay. He's uh, uh, Abdullah Swedi. Um, he's uh, he's he's uh, like a lecturer in the Prophet's Mosque, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in Medina awesome. now. So he's a very big, uh, he's a PhD in atheism. So he's very knowledgeable about that. Anyway, so he called me. It's like, yo, Simon, we need to meet up. Okay. I went up on, I went out on an evening stroll, you know, around the neighborhood. And he told me, you know, um, there's a thing called Darul Bir, right? And so this is like this association, this organization. Uh, they're based in, in the United Arab Emirates. They do a lot of charity projects. One of the projects is, um, you know, spreading knowledge about Islam and having people learning the religion. So we have a bunch of them sponsoring students going to Medina, you know, the, uh, the Islamic University in Medina. And I actually applied. When I became a Muslim, one of the first things I did was applying for that university. Now, mashallah. <laughs> and bro, I waited for years. This was 20, what was it? 2020. So I didn't get any response like mm-hmm. from the university, went three years. Okay. So I was like, I'm giving up on that. And then he said, they are looking for students from Europe and they want people from Sweden because I have good relationship with them. And they asked me, so I thought of you. And so I was like, whoa, man, what are you saying? I, I was just in Dubai one month ago. I got fired. I came back. I'm, you know, I didn't know what to do. And then I, you know, this opportunity came. But this is like a reminder for everyone, like never stop making dua. Because even when I came back, I was applying for jobs anywhere in Dubai. I was like, you know, a real estate broker. I had a bunch of interviews. They said, yeah, we're going to hire you. And then something happened. They didn't hire me. I was so sad, you know. Many things happened. But I just continued making dua. And then this thing happened. So uh, they sponsored me to go to the University of Jumeirah here in Dubai, which is an Islamic university. And uh, I joined the Arabic program there, um, you know, Mashallah. for, for non Arabic speakers. Mm-hmm. Just completed it, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. 
Alhamdulillah. So what does that um so so what does your study program look like? So you say you've been there for like a year and a half. So is the whole like first year of it just beating Arabic into you? Wait, so the thing is it's uh, their Arabic program is eight months. Oh, okay. Yes. So they start off with um it's very intense. So you need to have some knowledge before. Alhamdulillah, I went to Egypt and you know, so the first levels were pretty easy for me. Um, so they start off with the Kutub al-Arabiya Bainetik, which is very popular. Uh, nice books. I like. I really like them because the thing with them is um, they, com like in comparison with the books I had in the uh, Arabic center, they were more focused on conversation. That's what I li really liked. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but basically it was like very similar thing. You were sitting there in the classroom, listening to the teacher, you know, um, not speaking a lot. Um, so it was still very good, very beneficial. Um, but learning a language like Arabic is so huge, especially mm -hmm. now when I'm going go, gonna to go into my uh, university studies and, you know, the Kuliya and starting, you know, studying Islam. Uh, you need a lot, like a high level Sure, sure. Arabic sure. skills. Sure. And even Did... now, I don't feel I'm at that level right now. Right. Uh, yeah. So may Allah help us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, subhanAllah. So when, when you go into the kulliyah, as they say, I know in, in Medina, when you when you get past like the, um, they call it ma'ahad, don't they? When you learn Arabic for the first yeah, two yeah. years, like after that, and you go into the kulliyah, do you have to specialize or do you just have like a general Islamic studies course yeah. that you're in now? Yeah. So this is a little bit different from the Medina University. So they have a, like a general like Islamic studies. They don't have this it's not that big of a school right like in medina mashallah is you know one of the biggest islamic schools out there now this one is much smaller so they have this arabic program um they change it actually because we told them that you need you need to add more time with this uh, with this program so they added i think now it's one and a half year instead of eight months okay uh, because they went went through the the books the then they went through uh Okay. Right? I think so. Yeah. Um, so we did that in one, one like one semester. So now they just split it up, and then now we're in the program of IMSAT. So we're doing an IMSAT, uh, like a proficiency test, right? Okay. To get accepted and joining the Kulia. I see. Uh, so we're doing this for ten weeks just to prepare for the test, and then we join the Kulia, and just like yeah, studying Islam. I think it's very general. In that sense, it's not like I'm going to go to Hadith or Da'wah. Or, I think it's very, very general. Yeah, I've actually heard, um, I've heard lots of shuyukh say that maybe an issue with our students of knowledge is that they specialize too early. Like they feel really excited about being a specialist in Hadith or a specialist yeah. in Sharia or something. Or even I, like when I was in my early 20s and stuff, and I kind of, I thought about applying to Medina. It didn't, it never worked out for me. But, um, but when I thought about mm. applying for Medina, I always kind of had a, I had a I had a desire to like specialize in Arabic. I thought that would be like a that would be the thing that I would do, and people sort of plan ahead for it. But but really, I, I think there's a lot of merit to um to students not yeah. specializing too quickly. Um, it's certainly not after two years of learning Arabic. Like there there should be a really good broad foundation of of the understanding Definitely. of our of our religion before somebody really really focuses their focuses their studies. So. Good. So, yeah. so, so I suppose um, I'll, I'll let you go, inshallah, because I've, I've taken a good amount of your time. I'm, I'm, I appreciate your time so no worries, much. No worries, thank no you so much for sparing the time for me. So, I guess I'll just end. Is there, is there kind of, um, is there an advice that you would give for Arabic students? Like in, in, in our community, most of our students are adults. Most of them have, um, you know, careers or families or whatever, like fairly established adults most of the time. So, so somebody who's kind of learning Arabic around a family, which is kind of a situation like, like you have now. Like, do, do you have mm. advice for how they kind of, how a person like that would learn Arabic? If the answer's no, I'll put you on the spot, by the way. If the answer's no, that's fine. But is there anything that you would say to, to people who are listening to our podcast? Yeah, definitely. The thing is, you know, um, consistency is key in anything that you do, not even in, only in language. Now, I'm a personal trainer, online personal trainer. So this is something I see even in the aspects of fitness and health, to be consistent every day, even if it's just very, very small. And I like to use this hadith from 
uh, I think it's Sahil Bukhari. I don't know. You can correct me. The one about that the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned that the most loved actions are those that are continuous. Oh, yes. Are yeah, few, yeah. Even if they're few. Sure. Right? Um, I haven't memorized it in Arabic, so maybe... No, no, I, I, I don't, I don't know. know. Off top of my head, I don't remember it. You know. No. But, but I know the hadith you're this... talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's a Sahih Hadith, very beautiful Hadith, and this is something I use in everyday life. So it doesn't have to be in the religion. It can even be in when you, for example, want to learn Arabic, which kind of is connected with the religion. So it still could be a worship, right? But do something continuously. Do not leave it even for a day, right? And even if it's just five minutes, set aside those five minutes and have a good plan when you're doing it. It's like, like when my clients go to the gym. I give them a plan of going to the gym. So when you go to whatever you're gonna do with like uh, the, the the morning like morning coffee, sitting there with your studying, gonna study for five minutes the the language, right? Have everything ready. Like what you're gonna do? Okay, I'm gonna do two minutes of vocabulary and this and that, and but keep it simple. I would mm -hmm. re recommend it. Keep it simple, and whatever you do, speak it have conversations that's when you learn that's how humans have learned language and developed language in over millennials mm. like millennia that's how people speak they all use language they speak it um that's an amazing so, advice that's an yeah, amazing advice for, for, for anybody actually but it's especially useful yeah. for people who have busy lives and things like that and i i'd say for um i, I just add a little something to that before we go that if yeah. you if you think about how much you think let's, let's just take Arabic for example if um if somebody's learning Arabic and they think that they can spend an hour a day I would say to cut it in half if you think you can be enthusiastic mm. for an hour cut it in half and stop it yes. before you run out of enthusiasm like leave yourself some enthusiasm for the next day like I, 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 I I'd like to take my my fitness more seriously and like I started doing jump rope I really love jump rope like I like I like learning new tricks like, I like skipping. Yeah, like uh, skipping rope. Called, yeah, like, yeah, skip yeah, rope. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really enjoy that. Like, I, I like learning. I like learning new tricks and stuff like that. And I could probably really enjoy like half an hour of it every day. But I only Oof. do fifteen. But I only do fifteen minutes. I, I, not all in one go. Yeah. I, I can't do it all in one go. Like I'm doing. No, like, no. I'm, I, I'm, I'm doing like two, two and a half minute individual yeah. sessions, and I'm having a break. Okay. But okay, um, myself. yeah, not like half an hour. I'm, I'm not a beast. Well, I was saying. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You should be the yeah. personal trainer, man. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. So like, sure. so something that I've only really been doing this for the past month, but um, mm. I've noticed I I'm really excited about tomorrow morning when I get to come into my mm. office, and the first thing I do is is 15 minutes or half an hour or whatever. Of, sk of skipping rope so like with with students of mine i've started saying to them because all students come into mm. my program they've just spent it some money they're really invested they're pumped up and enthusiastic about learning arabic and they go and do four hours in their first day and then they're exhausted <laughs> and I, yeah, well, well you know I, I don't i don't want to uh, curtail anybody's enthusiasm i don't want to tell them not to do that but mm. for, for a for a long-term um outcome in yeah. arabic the the little and often approach you're, you're absolutely right there's uh, there's so much power in that consistency I, yeah i totally agree i mean you become more efficient as well like one hour of study, even now like sitting i i wouldn't even know what to do in one hour mm. even if i just gonna study i would be too tired i would i love to do it in short bursts like i know i get 30 minutes even 50 minutes like you said then i know i got energy for this mm. and i'm just gonna go for it like because if you don't have a teacher or a classroom setting or going to university, it doesn't make sense to do one hour per day. Sure. Uh, because it won't, you can, it's very hard to be consistent that way. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, consistency is key. Absolutely. Okay, well, thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining us in the thank Arabic you, Steps uh, podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. All of your links, I'll make sure all of your links are in the description section as well. And for those listening on the podcast, they will be in the show mm. notes as well. So all of Simon's notes will be there and all of his uh, links as well to go and check him out, inshallah. All right, okay. Assalamu alaikum. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.